Hi everyone, today is May 25th, 2019, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and this week in the Duel world, it is pretty busy again. Um, there is the new box, Blazing Rose, which has been out for a second week, but this week we're going to talk about the archetypes from the box since we just talked about the SRs and URs last time. Uh, right away, we've seen a clear winner about what the best archetype is from the box, but we're going to discuss all of them in general. In addition to the other uh, interesting R's and N's I found in the box, uh, Dark Signer Kaylin Kessler is here. So there's all the Infernity cards. We're getting our first taste of that archetype, and that's going to be discussed, as well as skill rebalancing. This is something that was mentioned before in the past, but it's time to talk about you know what skills going up and going down and what potential ones could see play in the future so a pretty streamlined discussion here but it might take a little bit of time so let's get to it uh, my for myself this week in the dual world it's been pretty uneventful i've been doing mostly the pve events um and not not playing a ton frankly even though the meta is very unsettled uh it's still a little annoying in my opinion but um i was playing red eyes before and I wasn't doing too well with the deck, honestly. So I switched back to Noble Knights. I've seen some people get King of Games with Noble Knights, and the builds are a little different. And um, you know, just reading the strategy of what they used, and I've just been playing that. I've reached the hundred ranked wins already, so I got my UR ticket. Uh, frankly, I would just like to get some gems, um, but I'm not even close to that because the next uh, reward is probably the third SR ticket. So I'm not. I'm not too motivated to play for the rest of the month, but I believe they are going to have uh, gem gem uh, things for the uh, qualifier campaign or whatever, so uh, that would push me back into ranked, but right now I'm just scrapping together uh, any wins I can get gems just so I could buy stuff from this box. I didn't even finish my first buy through of the box, and I am out of gems, even spent a little bit of money. So that's been tough on me. Uh, Obviously, I do want to play as Archetype from the new box, but they, they could be nerfed by the time that I finally cobble my resources. So um, so that is it for me this week in the Duel world. As for other players, more accomplished players, they participated in Duel Links meta weekly number 73. And this one here uh, kind of lets you on to the secret about what the new Archetype is, Sub-Terrors. Sub-Terror Behemoth and also the... Uh, Warrior, I forgot what's called, Subterra Nemesis. They kind of combine into this new deck, a flip effect deck, control style, and it's the cheapest deck to play from Blazing Rose that is pretty good. Um, a lot of players brought it to this uh, Meta Weekly, and they they made the top cut. Six of the top 32 decks were Subterrors, and even the first place deck. So I'll talk about these top four decks. First place, Cray with sub-terrors, and uh, they clearly play the skill Mast Tribute, which just came with Loomis and Umbra. And why do they play Mast Tribute? Well, what happens is they return a card from the hand to the deck, and they get a monster back, which is a mask monster, a level 4. And this has synergy with the card Sub-Terror Nemesis Warrior, and basically the, the this card's ability... You send the Subterror from the deck to the graveyard, tribute these two monsters, and then you get the graveyard monster back. So basically, while Mass Tribute doesn't let you uh, do anything with the monster that you get, uh, you can't normal special summon monsters, 
that the ability of the subterra nemesis warrior gets that monster back straight from the graveyard onto the board so you can get your uh big guys out so first place cray mass tribute three subterra behemoth umastrix this is the um you know the main card you're buying it for one of the srs actually uh, flip effect to banish a monster pretty good there's three copies of Subterra Behemoth Stygo Kraken. This is the uh, back row control card. So you target your sets. Even even monsters, uh, face down monsters are set. So this is a pretty good card. Uh, I'm sure if there's fewer flip effects, this would be seeing less play. But you know, it hits the back row as well as set monsters. Three Golem Sentry. Golem Sentry returns monsters to the hand, which is pretty good. Three Subterra Nemesis Warriors is just an N. And... Um, you know, this this is what makes Mass Tribute work. Three Paleozoic Canadia, two Bad Aim, and three Subterra Final Battle, which is another of the SRs that makes this archetype run. So basically you just need those SRs and you're good to go with this uh, box to play Subterra Behemoth. Second place, C Parazo 05, and this is Steel Tomb's Blue Eyes. That's Snipe Hunter in this deck. So there's a lot of things to dispose of. You got three White Stone of Ancients, Extra Treacherous Trap Hole, Offerings to the Doomed, Dawn Knight, a bunch of stuff you could just throw away for Blue Eyes White Dragon. And um, remember, Blue Eyes White Dragon is a top tier deck according to Duel Link's meta. So uh, take that for what it is. Third place, Joan and Joe Sealed Tomb Synchrons. Synchrons are another archetype that got a boost. They've been around, but. There's this new card, Cockadoodle Do, which um, that cheat tuner. You just cheat it out on the board, you get a free tuner, and then you get Synchro Summon. So it's very good. Um, as well as the Synchro Monster, Chevalier the Fleur. Um, a lot of ramp things here. You got your gil- three Gilosaurus, Neospace Conductor, Special Summons, Aqua Dolphin. You got your Psychic Package. And Sangen is also a card that uh, sees a lot of play almost the core card in Synchron, since you can get any any desired monster typically you get when it's destroyed. And third place, Shiny Sophion, Mast Tribute, Subterror. Same thing, a very similar deck to the Cray list, the first place list, but one fewer Umastrix, and there is the card Ghost Trick Scare. Ghost Trick Scare is a card you've seen if you were a Geertra player, and I was a Geertra player myself, not, I think I hit King of Games with it, so I could say uh, I was an expert at some point. But Ghost Trick Scare, there are a few cards. Desert Sunlight, even W Nebula Meteorite. These are all cards that kind of do the same thing. I think Ghost Trick Scare and W Nebula Meteorite kind of do the same thing. But they are kind of uh, kind of do the same thing. Uh, kind of surprise them with a trap and flip them up. And of course, these cards... Um, Umastrix, Stygo Kraken, and Sentry have very strong abilities. So this is the new wave Gearges with bigger stats. And Duel Link's Meta uh, Weekly has informed the tier list update, of course. And Blue Eyes are still the top tier deck. In tier 2, you have Ancient Gears. Neos have dropped down. They took a step back here. And Spellbooks have gone up. Spellbooks have just been around forever. And... Um, Seems like uh, they did pretty well in this meta right now. Of course, the um, I think those cards are powerless. The subterrors are kind of powerless against the spellbook of fate. Banish that face down monster are pretty devastating for them. 
Third place is a mix of things. Cyberdarks, Kawaki, Meru, and Six Samurais have been around in Tier 3. They've promoted Buster Blader and Red Eyes, and those kind of go hand in hand. Sometimes, um, you know, Buster Bladers are combined with Red Eyes, sometimes they're combined with Blue Eyes, so, um, not surprising to see that go up with the number of Dragon cards going up. And in the high potential, you have Metaphys, Subterror, and Synchrons. These are all uh, new decks. I think Subterrors are definitely going to stick, move up the tier list. Synchrons as well. Metaphys may be the one that drops out. And Amazonists and Vampires have removed from the tier list um, for uh, tournament reasons. So I think there's still Amazonists is still a fine deck for uh, laddering, King of Games stuff, but uh, they're off this tier list for now. And um, talking about the archetypes, I made that the theme of the podcast question of the week. What is the best archetype from the new box, Blazing Rose? And I didn't really break these down too well, but Subterra Behemoth, Metaphys, Plants with Black Rose Dragon, and Crawlers. If you actually took any time to look at these, you would know, um, you know what got support and what didn't. And uh, the people who voted, the listeners of this podcast, or the people who voted on this podcast poll are pretty informed because they know what the best archetype from the new box is. 64% of respondents said Subterra Behemoth, 14% says Metaphys, Plants and Black Rose Dragon got 22%, and 0% said Crawlers. So uh, they definitely have played the games, they've lost against it, or they know they've seen their favorite players play Subterra Behemoth, and they know it's the next best archetype from the box. Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk, Doug Dimadil says Subterrors, because they have the most complete support in the box. I know Doug is a guy who um, has a lot of TCG experience. And uh, sometimes you have an advantage. in Most of the time you have an advantage in Duel Links. Because you know you have a bigger knowledge set of the card base. And you know which ones are getting the support and which ones aren't. I assume Trawlers aren't getting support. They have a lot of cards in this box. But there's not like you know, support spells or traps, just a lot of monsters, so it's possible they didn't get the support they needed. But Subterra Behemoth got 12 cards in all, so it's a lot of stuff. Grand Terrier says Subterrors are the clear winners of the box. Their trap is amazing. Even if and when Mass Tribute gets hit, it'll still be viable. The other unlisted best is Synchros. Cockadoodle do is fantastic support for them. Lastly, Metaphys is a meta pass. So yeah, um, Grand Harrier is a very informed player himself. Uh, the trap card, of course, is very good. It's the final subterra final battle that gives you uh, flipping abilities. It gives you a win condition, and it's reusable. So it's a very good card. We also mentioned Synchros. Kako Doodle Do is that's a card I might have. Two, I think I only have two of that card because I bought the box once. But very flexible synchro card. Of course, for myself, I'm missing the quick draw. I only have one quick draw synchron because I didn't buy enough of that last box. So I'm kind of missing. I would totally play synchros if I had better options. And Grand Harry is not a fan of, of Metaphys. Um, I personally don't know too much about the archetype, but they, they can get pretty strong, but it seems like they're more unreliable in how they get the stuff on the board or they brick. I'm not really sure. Finally, Gas Station Kyoza says Red Eye Support. That's another um, compliment of Blazing Rose that makes Blazing Rose so good. 
there's a lot of uh, a few cards mostly i think they're all srs and urs that give support to the red eyes archetype so while that archetype is still a tier three deck they have a lot of tools and i'm not surprised if they go up higher because of that because of these new cards from this box i've been talking about the new box blazing rose a ton i'm going to jump backwards in time and talk about a missed item i did not mention before skill rebalancing and these are coming active in a few days may 28th so tuesday We'll have these new skills. Some are being buffed and some are being nerfed. So we're going to talk about these. First one is Kaiba Corp Bling. This was previously a relatively unused skill. And it was one of those skills that you would activate at the loss of 1800 life points. And you could draw any uh, glossy or prismatic card randomly. Of course people did this to take advantage of a glossy card they had. Like Diamond Core of Kwakimeru was a popular choice. Uh, for tournaments and other decks. So that it became really pervasive. The skill was very good. Even at Vampires at some point. It was, it was like a top skill for them. And um, so it's getting reverted to its normal form. Instead of 1000 life points on activation. It is now back to 1800. So you know. Why was it 1000? Because Cosmic Cyclone is a very good card. And you could just activate it. Right with Cosmic Cyclone. So. Now it's back to 1800. Uh, the Kowaki Meiru consistency really takes a hit. And I really do feel bad for the people who spent probably a lot of money or gems grinding for those uh, glossies or prismatics, but it is what it is. And uh, the skill is getting nerfed. It's probably not going to see a ton of play anymore, frankly, but uh, the consistency you have, I mean, the synergy you have with Cosmic Cyclone is pretty much. Uh, gone at this point. Harpy's Hunting Ground is getting uh, reverted as uh, reverted to its normal form, which is a buff. And uh, previously, Harpy's Hunting Ground was one of the best skills around. And what it did uh, was it put the field spell directly on the board instead of being in your hand. Um, so right now, it is back on being on the board. Of course, Harpy's Hunting Ground is a skill that is more of a control card, and it only works better if Harpies were meta. So Harpies are not meta. They've gotten... They, there were some Harpy cards at some point, but they, were, uh, they weren't helping at any point. So now the skill's back, sure, but there's no cards to back it up. So that's where we are right now. It's a thing that doesn't really hurt, but let's say they get new Harpy cards from the TCG into the game, and then we could have something to talk about, but right now we don't because the cards... The support from the cards aren't there to support the skill. Equipment Exchange is a Leo skill, and it's getting a buff. So what happens is, if your life points are below 3,000, you can return up to two cards, including at least one equipped spell, return them to the bottom of the deck, and then draw two more cards. Or you could do one or two. And this, this is kind of like Switcheroo, it's a similar skill. I think this one has a has a little bit of potential with Noble Knights. When you're playing Noble Knights, um, the card Noble Knight Boars is seeing some play because he disposes of at least two of your equip spells to the graveyard. And then you can do some kind of combo with um, Last Chapter of the Noble Knights. But what um, equipment exchange is pretty good because sometimes you just want a monster and your back row is clogged up with spells and traps. And you really do want that uh, Dristan... Or whatever so uh, this has some potential for noble knights 
Of course, Noble Knights are not a tiered deck by any means, but it's probably a fine skill to consider for uh, regular ladder games. Field Exchange is a Luna skill that's getting the same treatment. Um, for 3,000 life points or less, you can exchange two cards, one being a field, and then you draw two or one card. And this has some potential for Ancient Gears because they're looking for Gear Town, but of course... Um, it's easy enough for them to get that field out uh, without doing this. So this one has less play potential than the uh, equipment exchange for Noble Knights, I think. Let's go. Goyo is getting a buff. Uh, this skill previously added two Jute Fighters to the deck, and then your sideboard becomes the Goyo Warrior. And here, the uh, what was weird about that skill all the time was that it completely wiped out your extra deck to just have one Goyo Warrior, or Goyo Fighter, I don't know what he's called, but um, this basically just adds the Jute Fighters and then the Goyo Warrior or Fighter to your extra deck, so you could have more than one extra deck uh, Monster Synchro Summon, and this makes a lot more sense. I don't think it'll still see any play, but it's better than something that seemed erroneous at first. Thunder, Water, and Wind is a... Um, Paradox Brothers skill, which you could uh, swap out. You could you could draw sense, basically draw sense a one of those uh, elemental gods, Kazujin, Sangha, or uh, Suijin. And right now, if you lose one thousand, you could randomly add one from your hand from outside the deck. Of course, those cards require two summons each, and they're probably not worth it at this point. It's not going to be played. And finally, the skills Draw Sense Low Level, Draw Sense High Level, and Draw Sense Spell and Trap are all uh, buffed. They're all going to be 1,000 life point activations instead of 1,800. So that has some synergy with Cosmic Cyclone, as mentioned before, with the Kaiba Corp Bling. I think the best one is uh, Low Level doesn't seem to have much potential, I think, because most monsters are, most decks are going to run small monsters. Draw Sense Spell Trap does make sense for decks that just run one Treacherous Trap Hole. We've seen that with some Synchron decks, they just run all monsters. Like the tournament one, the tournament Synchron deck, so they just run all monsters. You could just have a Treacherous Trap Hole and a Cosmic Cyclone or something like that. Draw Sense High Level also works if your deck just has one big monster. Let's say you're running like a Jinzo or something. And then you just need it at that point. You just draw your Jinzo and you win the game or whatever. So uh, those two, High Level and Spell Trap, are a little bit more playable now, especially. Uh, and Cosmic Cyclone just gets... It's not better, but it works for more decks and makes more sense to have that card uh, just to lose 1,000 life points. Now we're going to talk about the box again, Blazing Rose. The box that has come to rave reviews, and as everyone mentioned before, um, Subterrors are the highlight of this box. I'm going to talk about the archetypes uh, broadly, and some of the cards that I find interesting in the R's and N's. Uh, let's go. So Subterrors, of course you have to buy two SR cards. The Subterror Behemoth Umistrix, as well as Subterror Final Battle. But, um, it, you know, it's like one buy-through, and you get lucky with the money. Uh, guaranteed SRs. You could just be done with one buy-through, frankly. But the deck's not all SRs and URs, of course. There are some pretty good 
R cards and N cards that make this archetype work. The first is Subterra Behemoth Stygo Kraken. This is one that's seen play probably like a three of, or, or typically it's almost always a three of. And what it does, 1400, 2600 flip effect. Target set cards equal to the number of subterrors, destroy them. Uh, yeah. So, you know, this is the back row control card. This is the annoying set with Karakuris or Gale Lizards type thing with Amazon Swords Women. So, uh, pretty good card. And the high defense thing comes in handy sometimes, of course. But it's not much of an attacker. It does work with beatdown, though, so I guess yeah, that's something. Subterror Behemoth Ultramophis. Where is this guy? Level 12, 3000 attack, 1800 defense. And all this flip effect does is change all face-up monsters on the field to face-down defense. This has some use for recycling some of your abilities, I guess. But it is 3000 attack. I've seen some decks run one of these, but the most the most streamlined um, you know, Duel Links meta tournament decks won't really run this card. Uh, 3,000 attack is important to consider, though. Subterror Nemesis Defender. Level 2, 100 attack, 2,000 defense. During either player's turn, when your opponent activates a card or effect that targets one set monster you control, or when a set monster you control is targeted for an attack, you can send this card from your hand or face up on the field to the graveyard, then target another monster you would control. That would be appropriate. While you control a set monster, this, this card cannot be destroyed by battle or card effects. This is a kind of an, like an extra protection card for Subterra Behemoths. And decks typically don't run these. It's situational, and that limits uh, you know, its hand, discard protection. Uh, it's a little clunky, I guess. It doesn't really fit if you're trying to flip yourself up and down I mean, uh, from attack to defense each turn, and you have this guy just uh, you know kind of getting in the way. So it's an extra card that doesn't really work too well. Subterra Nemesis Warrior does work well. 4 star 1800, 1200. During either player's turn, you can send one Subterra monster from your deck to the graveyard, tribute this, and at least another monster. So the total original levels equal or exceed the level of that Subterra monster in the graveyard, special summon, and face up or face down defense. When a Subterra monster is flipped face up, when this is in the graveyard, you can special summon it. So it's two very good abilities on this card. You can, uh, that's why Mask Tribute is played with it. You send this and the Mask Monster, so that's a level 8. Umastrix is 7. Psycho Kraken is 5. You get it, so it's 8. That will guarantee, typically they play Umastrix from the deck as a, as a set. I mean, from the graveyard as a set. And additionally, when the monsters flip face up, you can reuse this card. So that's a very good ability, plus 1800 attack is not bad at all. So this is highlight of the box. I mean, highlight of the archetype in the end department, at least. Subterra Behemoth Stalagmo is a level 10, 2800, 2100. Flip effect, you can discard one Subterra, draw two cards. I've seen this card early on. Uh, kind of a refill card. I don't think it hurts to have one of these cards in a, if you don't have all the finalized deck with bad aims and things like that. It, it wouldn't be a bad idea just to have one of these. Just for the card advantage, and it hits pretty hard. It hits over the Umistrix, notably, 2800 attack. Umistrix has 2700 defense. Subterra Behemoth Phosphoro Glacier, level 8, 2600 attack, 2500 defense. And the flip effect is 
like Foolish Burial, send one card from your deck to the graveyard. So this kind of works with um, Terror Behemoth Burrowing, which is a trap card I'll talk about. And it does get a... It, 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 this card might be relevant when Mass Tribute gets nerfed, if that makes any sense. Because it already gets something in the graveyard. Subterra Behemoth Speleogeist, level 11, 3,000 attack, 1,400 defense. You can uh, flip effect. You can target one monster in the field, change it to face-up attack if it's in defense mode. Also change its attack to zero. So This is like a win more card. Uh, Subterrors are very controly. This one kind of sets up a one-turn kill. Weak defense, though, is a downfall, 1,400 defense. And it's a card you want to be in defense mode to flip summon, so it's going to have a hard time withstanding attacks. It is 3,000 attack, though, of course. Subterra Behemoth, Drago Ossuary. Drag Ossuary. Level 6 Zombie, 2,400 attack, 1,600 defense. Flip effect, you can activate this effect. This turn, Subterra cards you control cannot be destroyed by card effects. Um, so this kind of protects you against Treacherous Trap Hole. A little situational. Not that good. Subterra Cave Clash is a continuous spell. All Subterra monsters you control gain 500 attack and defense for each set monster on the field. Once per turn, when a Subterra you control inflicts battle damage to your opponent, target one Subterra in your graveyard and add it to your hand. This is this is like one of those cards you've seen before where it's nice to have it, but there just isn't enough room. Typically, you're not really trying to you know, destroy your opponent. They have... Subterrors do have high-ish attack, but they're not too high. Some of them are pretty high, so you don't need that extra 500 attack. And the ability is kind of situational, so it's just taking up space, I guess. And it depends on how many set monsters. So only one guy's attacking. It's kind of weird. Subterror Behemoth Burrowing is a trap card. You can banish one Subterror monster from your graveyard for the rest of this turn. Face-down monsters you control cannot be destroyed by card effects. And your opponent cannot target them with card effects. If this card on the field is destroyed by card effect, you can add one subterra monster from your deck to your hand. You can banish this from the graveyard, target one subterra, you control changes to face down defense. So this is protection against effect destruction like Treacherous Trap Hole. And even if um, Black Rose Dragon becomes meta, it's something to consider. Um, there's also utility. This card, Galaxy Cycling, gets played a lot, so you could get hit. And uh, has extra ability there. I've seen this. I've seen this card before in some subterra decks. I faced on the letter. I'm not sure if it's a top tier. Uh, you know, that's like it's the best card, but it does protect against you know board nuke whenever that happens. And Golem Sentry is a card that works very well with the archetype. Level four rock, 800 attack, 1800 defense. Once per turn, you can change this card to face down defense position. When this is flipped, summoned, target one monster your opponent controls. Return that to the hand. This is kind of like their win condition. It uh, negates stuff. I mean, it sends them back to the hand, so then your big guys can flip up and destroy stuff. So, very useful card that is run three of in sub terrors. So overall, sub terrors they have they have a little bit of everything. They've got a lot of control tools. They have banish tools, um, a skill that works very well with the warrior to just end the game. I have played against these a lot on the ladder, and they do play pretty slow. So. If there's any, if there's one complaint, their games could get a little long. But of course, it's a nice, a nice thing. Personally, I think um, as a Gearja player, I really do want to play this archetype. I always found flip, flipping, uh, flip summoning fun. But 
I do not have the cards right now. I only have one of each of the cards. I'm still trying to get the last, I mean, the second SRs of both of the SRs. And then I might I might try to play it then, but the consistency is not there yet. And of course, I don't have mass tributes, so I guess I'll have to wait a bit before I can even attempt to play Subterra Behemoth. Next up are Plants and Black Rose Dragon. I kind of thought these would be the same thing, but it's just like a loose group of cards. They're not really in synergy, but some of them have the Rose Dragons fit with Black Rose Dragons. The plants kind of do their own thing with different types of plants, so it's not really a, an archetype. Let's talk about these cards. White Rose Dragon, level 4, 1200 attack, 1000 defense. When this card is normal summoned, you can special summon one Rose Dragon from your hand or graveyard except for White Rose Dragon. You can use each of these effects once per turn. You control a dragon tuner or plant tuner, special summon this from the hand. If this is sent to the graveyard as synchro material, send one level 4 or higher plant monster from your deck to the graveyard. Those have synergy with blue rose dragon. That's the only other rose dragon we have. And also has a foolish burial effect. There's kind of things you could do with the plants and stuff. So it, it just works with blue rose dragon, which is. Level 4, Dragon 1600, Attack 1200, Defense. When this card on the field is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, you can target one Black Rose Dragon or one plant in your graveyard special summon it. So This works with the the uh, Black Rose Dragon nuke. You nuke the whole board, and then you use this ability to bring it back, and you have a 2400 attack card. It virtually can't be stopped with anything except for Sphere Karibo, so very good. Um... It's going to be part of it if Black Rose Dragon is good enough to be meta. I'm not sure if it is, but it is part of the deal. Copy Plant is a tuner. Level 1 Plant Tuner, 0 attack and defense. Once per turn, you can target one other plant monster on the field that has a level. This card's level becomes that monster's current level until the end of the turn. So what this does, unfortunately, is only work with plant monsters... It's a quick, it's a quick synchro, um, not really quick, but it only works with even numbers because you're multiplying something by two. So any synchro with a two, unfortunately, uh, there are better ways to synchro, I think, than, than following this plant strategy. So it's, it's not something I would play. Queen Angel of Roses, level seven plant, 2400 attack, 1300 defense. You can tribute summon this card and face up attack by just tributing one plant. Once per turn, during your standby phase, destroy one face-up monster on the field that has the lowest attack. So, this would have been a really good card back in the day, um, but it's just one tribute, 2400, and as a control ability, that's not the best. There are cards that protect each, uh, protect from the graveyard, like Neos Fusion, so, and you're attacking, destroying the lowest attack. This card could be the lowest attack if the board has 3000, so it's a little situational there. Fallen Angel of Roses, level 7, 2400 attack, 1300 defense. Kind of looks like the same card as the Queen Angel of Roses, but the plant, you can special summon this from your hand by returning one plant you control to the hand, except for Fallen Angel of Roses, but banish it when it leaves the field. So, it it, it kind of works, it, it works with Sylvans, actually. You can flip up a Sylvan Mushroom, use its ability, and then send it back to the hand for this card. Uh, it's good for reusing a card, I guess, like, like flip card, like Sylvans, Sylvans, but thankfully those are not around anymore. 
don't see us having a fit with anything, but yeah, Sylvan's is where it belongs. Next up are the Metaphys cards that banish themselves. Metaphys Nephys is a worm, 2400 attack, 1600 defense. When this card is special summoned by the effect of a Metaphys monster, banish all set spells and traps on the field. If this is banished during the standby phase of the next turn, you can shuffle this banished card into the deck, add one Metaphys card from your deck to your hand, except for Metaphys Nephys. Very good against uh, control decks that have a lot of Battle phase only trap cards. Metaphys Tyrant Dragon, level 8 Worm, 2900 attack, 2500 defense. If this was special summoned by the effect of a Metaphys monster, it is unaffected by trap cards. Also, if it attacks a monster, it can make a second attack in a row. If it's banished, uh, you can send this back to the deck. Special summon one Metaphys monster from your hand, but banish it at the end phase. So... It kind of does, like, if you play this, you don't have to play Nephis, because uh, Nephis banishes the spells and traps. This is just immune to the traps. So they kind of do different things. Asim Metaphys is a continuous spell. Once per turn, banish one Metaphys from your hand. If you do draw a card once per turn, if your Metaphys card in your opponent's possession is banished, applies effect. If it's your turn, all monsters on the field lose 500 attack and defense, except for Metaphys monsters. If it's your opponent's turn, change the battle position of all monsters on the field, except for Metaphys monsters. So this works with Metaphys Dimension. So, you know, this one... This one, you banish a Metaphys from your hand, and then you draw a card. And then the UR card, Dimension... Um, you can target a banished Metaphys and special summon it. Summon it. So it's a two card combo. That's what it is, and that's what makes that's what makes the deck not that good, the archetype not that good, because you have to rely on the trap card activating and then this continuous spell. So two cards, and if it works, it, if it works, it's pretty devastating. But it's just a two card combo that you're banking your wins on. Metaphys Executor. Where is this card? Metaphys Executor. Level 10, Worm, 3,000 attack, 2,500 defense. Cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned by your, from your hand by banishing 5 Metaphys cards with different names from your graveyard or face up on the field. Cannot be destroyed or banished by card effects. Once per turn, if your opponent controls more cards than you do, target one of your banished Metaphys monsters, special summon it, but banish it during the end phase. So It's very OP, but almost impossible to summon. I think you could pull something off, though, if... Grass is greener and soul release. So that's a an even crazier combo. It's for fun. This card's pretty um, devastating when it's here. It's not immune to things like Haley's um, or Canadia, but, you know, it's indestructible. And Metaphys Factor. Field spell. Each turn, one level 5 or higher Metaphys monster. You normal summon can be summoned without tributing, but banish it during the end phase. Your opponent cannot activate cards or effects in response to your Metaphys effect activations. It's just an extra spell card. Um, not too useful, though. It does banish stuff, I guess. And that works with the dimension. Next up are the Crawlers. And uh, for an archetype that has a bunch of URs, you have two URs and an SR, it's kind of it's a waste of space. I guess they're filler. 
because uh, they got no support. They just have a bunch of monsters. And I guess the World Legacy, World Armor kind of works in them too, but... Um, and they all have this thing where they have to be destroyed by uh, opponent's card effects and stuff, so they're all very situational ability for any of it to work. So, let's just talk about the cards, though, the R's and N's. Crawler Glyle, level 2 insect flip effect, 700 attack, 1500 defense. You can special summon a crawler from your hand or graveyard and face up attack or defense. Um, and of course, as the crawler ability, when it leaves the field from an opponent's card effect, special summon two crawlers. So, this is a resurrection card to bring back Crawler X Deus. What's it called? Deus X Crawler, I mean. And, um, situational. It's not the best card to have in the opening hand, but it's a res- resurrection card for that archetype. Crawler Receptor, level 2 insect flip effect, 900 attack, 1200 defense. Flip effect, you can add one crawler from your deck to your hand. And that is the tutor card. You could set up a play with Glyle. Tutor the card, and then that one um, special summons the monster. Crawler Dendrite, 1300 attack, 600 defense. Flip effect, send one monster from your deck to the graveyard. This is the foolish burial ability. Sets up a play with Glyle, so you can bring back the monster from the graveyard. And finally, Crawler Ranvir, which is named after the nodes of Ranvir. Uh, level 2, 1100 attack, 900 defense, flip effect, target up to two crawlers in your graveyard, add them to your hand. More recycle, it's bad in the opening hand. And I don't know what you do with these cards at all, frankly. They have no spell and trap support. Kind of just filling up the URs and SRs for now, I guess. We'll talk about some other notable cards from the set, R's and N's specifically. Chevalier de Fleur, level 8 Warrior Synchro, 2700 attack, 2300 defense. Requires a Fleur Synchron and any uh, non-tuners. Once once during each of your turns, when your opponent activates a spell or trap, negate the activation and destroy the card. This is a better version of Six Samurai Shen, and it makes makes Synchrons that much better. Level 8 is very easy for them to do, and... Uh, it's got more attack than Shu and, and does the same thing. But, uh, and you don't need the Fleur Synchron if you have Quick Draw Synchrons. That's what Quick Draw Synchron is very good at. It makes it become any of the Synchron monsters tuners. So this is a very good card. It'll just shut down things like Spellbooks. Des Lakuda, level 3 zombie. 500 attack, 600 defense. Once per turn... You change this card to face down defense. Once flip summon, draw a card. So this works for the subterrors kind of. Um, they have their own card, draw a card, but you know it's a it's another card. You can never draw too many cards, I guess. So it's another card for it. Orsier de Fleur, level eight spellcaster, twenty nine hundred attack, zero defense. When this card is normal or special summon, to select one monster in your opponent's graveyard, special summon that monster to your side of the field. Cannot attack your opponent directly, and is destroyed during your end phase. Yeah. So, this doesn't seem to have a use at the moment, because you can't even use that monster, but you can can abuse its ability if it has an ability. Um, And the nice thing about this card is it can be cheated out for free. And where's that card? So, there's a card called Necrofleur. 
plant, if this is destroyed by a card effect and sent to the graveyard, you can special summon one sorcerer to flur from your deck. You kind of run Treacherous Trap Hole, destroy two things, and then get 2,900 and steal something from the graveyard. World Legacy Clash is a quick play spell. Banish one face of monster you control until the end phase, then target one face of monster your opponent controls. That target loses attack and defense equal to the original attack and defense of that banished monster. So, this has some synergy with Metaphys, actually, but um, it's a combat trick card. You kind of try to make your opponent lose. It's kind of like Gravity Lash. That's kind of a similar card. Um, I don't think Amazon has burned decks with Swordswomen. This doesn't seem to work with them, but it could be just any combat trick that is okay. Of course, it's situational. You have to have two monsters on the board. Or you're just trying to protect yourself for that turn. That could be a move, too. Cloud Castle is a level 9 machine synchro. Zero attack, 3000 defense. When this card is synchro summoned, you can target one level 9 monster in your graveyard, special summon it. Level 8 or lower monsters cannot attack the turn they are normal or special summoned. So this is a stall card, a classic stall card. Um, 3000 defense is pretty good to repel some things. Not, you know, 3000 with beatdown or anything like that, but it just slows the game down. It could be something to keep your eye on in the future. Of course, control decks typically don't use synchrons. I mean, synchro summoning, so this is something to consider. But it could be pretty strong if they could recycle their their synchro monsters and then just keep putting these on the board. Noble Knight Joan, level 4, uh, 1900 attack, 1300 defense. When this card attacks, it loses 300 attack during the damage step. If this card is destroyed by your opponent's card effect... By battle or card effect and sense to the graveyard, send one card from your hand to the graveyard, target one level 4 lower warrior in your graveyard, and add it to your hand. It's strange. This card is a noble knight card, but has no synergy with um, equipment spells, which they all typically do. So, I don't think it will be played. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Boy Cotton. Level 4 plant, 1000 attack, 2500 defense. You take any battle damage your opponent would have taken from battles involving this card instead. If this card battles, it is not destroyed, and you took damage from that battle, return this to the hand. So this is a very high defense monster, but strange because it's kind of like an Amazon Swordswoman backfiring on you. You take the damage instead, and um, I'm sure there's a use for this card somewhere. It's a very strange ability. I don't know what it is. And finally, Z1, spell card. When this set card is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, select one continuous spell or field spell in your graveyard, add it to your hand. This is good for something um, where there's only a one of, like a one of Amazon's Onslaught. Then again, this card probably won't see any play. You have to kind of destroy it yourself, and that's a lot of deck slots to put on for that strategy. Finally, we're going to talk about... Uh, the PvE event this week, Dark Signer Kalen Kessler. Uh, I haven't really watched 5Ds much, but he seems to be of the Edgelord type guy. And uh, every series of Duel- Yu-Gi-Oh has you know a guy like this, so he kind of fits in. Uh, very dramatic uh, look. And he brings Infernities. Infernities, there are eight cards to talk about here. And they're very... Uh, they're the handless archetype. And... Sometimes if you go into TCG, I heard this TCG archetype was actually pretty good. But 
I don't think there is enough support to say that these cards are very good in Duel Links. And of course, you're playing Handless. Um, there's going to be no Karibos, obviously, if you're doing playing a deck like this. Uh, let's talk about these eight cards. Infernity Mirage. Level 1 Fiend, 0 attack and defense. This card cannot be special summoned from the graveyard if you have no cards in your hand. You can tribute this card to select two Infernities in the graveyard, special summon those monsters. So the goal, obviously, um, you know, you play this, and you get two cards from your graveyard and special summon them. So, um, this archetype does dump a lot of stuff to the graveyard, so you could think of a play. Obviously, you would only play this if you are playing Infernities, because it you know, you can't get anything else from the graveyard, but uh, decent power play for them. Infernity Patriarch is an SR level 4 Fiend, 1000 attack, 2000 defense. If this is the only card in your hand, you can special summon it from your hand. You can only special summon Infernity Patriarch once per turn this way. While you have no cards in your hand, if an Infernity monster you control would be destroyed by battle or card effect, you can banish this from your graveyard instead. You can cheat this out, but there's no real, real follow-up play when you're playing a handless. It's graveyard banish protection, only a thousand defense and a uh, thousand attack and two thousand defense, so it's not too useful. Infernity Knight, level three fiend, fourteen hundred attack, four hundred defense. When this card is on the field, is destroyed and sent to the graveyard. You can discard two cards, special summon this from the graveyard. It's not really a threat on the field. But it's, in a, it's basically eternal card draw. You get this destroyed, you discard two cards, and then you special summon this from your graveyard. You know what? Um, I read this wrong. <laughs> you discard two cards. So it's kind of like uh, eternal um, card disadvantage. That's more of the way to talk about it, not eternal card advantage. Infernity Beetle Level 2 Insect Tuner, 1200 attack, 0 defense. While you have no cards in your hand, you can tribute this to special summon up to 2 Infernity Beetles from your deck. It sends out your deck, it gets some tuners out, that's about it. Infernity Beast, Level 3 Beast, 1600 attack, 1200 defense. If discarded attacks while you have no cards in your hand, your, your opponent cannot activate spells or traps until after the damage step. It's kind of, this is a decent card, it kind of works like 10 Kabuto Shen. Or Wild Heart. And this functions the same way, so as long as the handless thing works out. So it's one way of doing it. Uh, though I would rather play those cards than, than this card and have a card in your hand and the whole thing doesn't work. Wave Motion Inferno is a continuous spell. While you have no cards in your hand, face up Infernities, gain five, 400 attack and defense. You can send this card from the field to the graveyard to send all of your cards from your hand to the graveyard. This is one way to push the handless strategy. You kind of, you know, dump your cards. Um, and again, 400 attack and defense. That's kind of what makes them go. But they don't have a ton of attack to begin with. With the beast, it comes 2,000, but that's about it. Infernity Inferno is a trap card. Discard up to two cards. Send the same number of Infernity cards from your deck to the graveyard. So, it's, you know, handless thing. Dump stuff into the graveyard, and then you can use... Infernity Mirage to bring them back, or even the Patriarch. And finally, Phantom Hand is a rare trap, continuous trap once per turn. If you control a face-up Infernity Monster, you can remove and play all cards in your hand, face down, until your next standby phase. This is a very interesting card, actually. Probably the best one from this set. You can actually be handless without losing your cards. 
So each turn you could push the handless strategy. I would prefer this card over the others, like uh, Infernity Wave Motion Inferno. Uh, it seems to work pretty well. It's anti-synergy with Mirage, though. So basically, these cards aren't competitive right now. Obviously, if Kaelin Kessler becomes a obtainable character, there's a better set of cards to get. Right now, just collect these to build your collection. It's not a huge loss, I think, if you don't get all the cards, because he's not guaranteed all the time. But when he does become a character, you can get all the cards. I'm going to talk about a special gift campaign return. This this is a this is an event that I, th I think hasn't appeared in over a year, and the magical hats kind of show up and you get them randomly. You get gifts. Uh, the difficult thing, of course, now is that there are three worlds, so the magical hats can be present in any of the three worlds. Like let's say GX is not having an event now, it could be present in GX and you just don't know to go there. There's no notification of it, of course, because it's kind of like a surprise. You have to find it. And, um, you know, I'm not complaining about the arc, the, the event, but I'm just surprised why it's back. It's something if, it, if they never even brought it back, I would have forgot it existed. But it's something that existed very early on in the game, and it's back. So Doug Dimidul is here for his segment, his casual deck of the week. This one's very exciting. It's the Red Eyes Archfiend deck with Concentrating Current. So... Red Eyes Archfiend, of course, is a very uh, card that I was very excited about. That's kind of the reason why I played Red Eyes, frankly. I really uh, like that card. He's using Concentrating Current, which is something I never even you know, conceived of. So here is Doug Dimidul, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk, to talk about Red Eyes Archfiend. Hey there, this is Doug Dimidul with Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. This week, since everybody's buying into the whole Red Eyes fever, uh, I want to at least go through a deck that I thought uh, would be pretty fun to play. Not the most competitive, but still just a lot of fun. Now, the reason why a Red Eyes deck is right up my alley is because after a multi-year hiatus when I was growing up playing the TCG, uh, I ended up you know, just kind of finding myself doing other stuff and getting away from Yu-Gi-Oh! And years and years later, uh, I was actually after I got out of college, I rediscovered it. And the first deck that I naturally gravitated towards was the uh, was the Red Eyes archetype. It was something that I always enjoyed playing when the game first came out. But with all these additional support cards, many of which we're starting to see being introduced into the game between the structure deck and then the newest uh, box with uh, Black Rose Dragon, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, now, just kind of to peek behind the curtain, this is being recorded before that um, uh, that Black Rose Dragon box comes out with all the additional red eye support, which I'm very familiar with, especially the uh, the, the Redstone card, uh, the Redstone Legend. I forgot the name of it, but it's really, really good, and it's something that I would use in my decks moving forward, but this deck does not include that. This is just based off of what's available with the structure deck and prior boxes. So without further ado, uh, let's go into this one. Uh, there's multiple ways to build this type of deck. You could use uh, beatdown skill or use anything. Uh, right now I'm just kind of using this for my, uh, my Loomis and Umbra deck uh, just to 
get or get them to uh, increase their uh, their experience and level up. So the way that I run this is I run my three copies of Red Eyes Wyvern, level four dragon. This is included in the structure deck. If you didn't go into, uh, I believe it was the Crimson Kingdom box or one of those one of those boxes where you had. Um, uh, it was a UR in one of the main boxes. It's kind of disappointing because I spent a lot of time uh, trying to get my three copies of this uh, a while back when I started playing Dual Links. Uh, and now they just kind of give it to you in this new structure deck. So there's a lot of value in just getting Red Eyes Wyvern. This is not a card that everybody runs in their decks, but I do like this one a lot. Uh, if you're in a pinch at, the, at your end phase, you could always uh, get another one of your Red Eyes monsters out of your deck. So its effect is... During your end phase, if you did not normal summon or set a monster this turn, you can banish this card from your graveyard and special summon one red-eyes monster from your graveyard, except red-eyes black chick. So it's really, really good uh, if you're, you know, like I said, if you're in a tight spot. Uh, it does have 1,800 attack, 1,600 defense. That's pretty good. And the reason why I still get some use out of this is because of one of the spells that I use, and we'll get to that later. But the whole point of this deck really revolves around this next card, Red Eyes, Archfiend of Lightning. It's a level 6 fiend. It's also a Gemini. So it's got 2,500 attack, 1,200 defense. Now, Gemini monsters are treated as normal monsters while they're on the field and in the graveyard, but they need to be normal summoned again to activate the effect. But this effect is very underrated and very good. Once per turn, you can destroy all face-up monsters your opponent controls with defense lower than this card's attack. Now, keep in mind that this card's attack is already 2,500. So if you run your beatdown skill and bump it up to 2,800 before you activate its skill, that could be effective. And I actually pair it with the same card that I mentioned that... Um, and I'm really trying to utilize with Red Eyes Wyvern also. And that's this uh, spell card, Concentrating Current. It's a quick play spell card where you target one face-up monster you control and it gains attack equal to its current defense until the end phase of the turn. Other monsters you control can't attack, uh, so only the monster that you use the spell card on will be able to attack that turn. Now this comes in handy multiple cases, especially during your opponent's turn. They don't really expect you to have this and you're able to basically, they're running into your, uh, your monster. They think they can get over the 25 500 uh, that basically ends up boosting it to 3700 attack and then if you have more than one then you're expanding it even further I think up to 4900 attack if you maybe had two that you were waiting waiting to use but the way that you could really utilize the spell card with red eyes archfiend of lightning is activate the quick play spell card boosting red eyes uh, uh, archfiend of lightning's attack and then using its uh, its effect, if maybe your opponent has a monster that has 3,000 defense or anything along those lines or, or higher, then you're able to still use your effect to destroy those monsters. So that's why Concentrating Current is a very good card with uh, with this deck. And then I think it's pretty standard to run your, your three copies of Red Eyes Retro Dragon. It's the level 4 dragon, uh, 1,700 attack, 1,600 defense. You always want this card in your hand if you can help it. If a level 7 or lower Red Eyes monster you control, except Red Eyes B Chick, is destroyed by your opponent's attack or card effect and sent to the graveyard, while this card is in your hand, you can special summon this card in defense position, and if you do, special summon as many of those destroyed monsters as possible in the same position they were when destroyed. You can tribute this card, and you can normal summon one Red Eyes monster during your main phase this turn, except Red Eyes Beat Chick, in addition to your normal summoner set, and you can only gain this effect once per turn. 
So this is really, really good uh, in the sense that when Black Rose Dragon comes out and you at least have this in your hand, if Black Rose Dragon blows up your entire board, you can then uh, just kind of jump in there and, and reload your field after uh, Black Rose Dragon destroys everything. So uh, this is already a built-in counter to, to Black Rose Dragon. And this is for good measure. I run my one copy of that nice, shiny, prismatic Red-Eyes B-Dragon that we got uh, from that, uh, that campaign. So it's got 2,400 attack, 2,000 defense. Really good card. Now, as for other spells and traps, I run my three copies of Red Eyes Insight. You send one Red Eyes monster from your hand or deck to the graveyard and add one Red Eyes spell or trap from your deck to your hand. Uh, you can only use that once per turn. So what I want to do is send Red Eyes Archfiend of Lightning to the graveyard and pull a copy of Red Eyes Spirit or pull a copy of Return of the Red Eyes uh, out of my deck, depending on the situation. If I don't have a level four uh, the Red Eyes monster that I have on my field, then I definitely want to go for Red Eyes Spirit. But if I know that I'm going to have another Red Eyes monster on the field, Return of the Red Eyes is probably the preferable card in this deck because of red eyes insight i only run one copy of return of the red eyes but i do run three copies of red eye spirit now you'll notice that this deck doesn't actually run any copies of red eyes fusion it seems like a lot of people are, are trying to make a fusion deck and, and all that stuff kind of following suit with those uh, brave neos decks well this is just a different way to play it uh, it's a more casual driven uh, method to to play but again the whole point of this deck is to get your red eyes archbeam of lightning on the field after your opponent tries to load their board with monsters, and if you play your cards right, you could just wipe their board clean. Uh, if they have a lot of monsters with defense lower than uh, 2,500 or 2,800, depending on if you're using beatdown. Uh, but yeah, overall, people are kind of starting to sleep on Red Eyes Archfiend of Lightning. I know nobody likes to play Gemini's as much because of the additional normal summon, but because of Red Eyes Retro Dragon, I don't think it's as big of an issue as uh, in the past. So uh, anyway, this is this is one worth giving a try. I definitely recommend playing this one. Uh, it's pretty successful in PvE, so uh, give it a shot. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks, Doug, and you can check him out on his podcast and also on his own Twitter, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk. Upcoming news, May 28th begins the World Championship Qualifiers. There's going to be an, uh, a thing where you get gems every day for doing ranked duels. So that's a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, and also, Duel Quest late May. That's the only thing left in this month. I think they're also expecting the Duel Room updates as well. I expect uh, the new news to come out soon so we can find out what the new events are coming up of course the qualifiers we know will be going through june so any you know pve events may be limited it's also possible they don't have new cards until that ends so this blazing rose box is something we can sit on for a little bit that is all for me this week Uh, thank you very much for tuning in listening and subscribe to the podcast anywhere uh, let me know how I'm doing uh, on the reviews there, of course, and subscribe, please. Check out the podcast and more at the website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Email thedualassessment at gmail.com, or better yet, Twitter, dual underscore assessment, or my personal account, Green Ranger CCG. All right, so that's all I have for this week. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next week.